Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hello, welcome back to Not Another Mummy Podcast. I'm Alison Perry and you're listening to episode four. Welcome back, welcome back. Today my guest is Clemmy Hooper and I am really excited to have her on as a guest. Not because she's got over 340,000 followers on Instagram, but because she is just an incredible lady, an incredible midwife. She is the author of the book, How to Grow a Baby and Push It Out. And she's a mum of four. So Clemmy came round to my house. She doesn't live too far from me. And we had a couple of cups of tea. And um, all my podcasts seem to revolve around having cups of tea. That's not necessarily a bad thing, is it? Um, But yeah, I really enjoy chatting to her. Um, In the past, I've interviewed her uh, for magazine features when I've needed a midwife expert to chat to. And I've always found her just so easy to listen to she's great at explaining things when it comes to birth and pregnancy and I could like I say in in their interview I could just listen to her talking about this stuff until the cows come home um yeah she was really great chatting I really wanted to know about uh, her experience of birth because in her book she has a lot of birth stories from other women but I wanted to find out what her three or four it was kind of undecided how many births she's been through and yeah I just really enjoyed chatting to Clemmy and I really hope you enjoy listening to it so welcome Clemmy so so nice to have you on my podcast thanks thanks for um, me so yes yeah, so we're sat here in my living room yeah um, I've got an insta sensation in my front room everyone it's pretty oh, oh me I was talking about the actual room I was like <laughs> this is your Instagram room well yeah my living room is an insta sensation in its own right but so yeah we're kind of like doubling up on the insta famous here <laughs> don't aren't we? call me an insta sensation do, do you kind of cringe at all of that yeah really cringe and I just don't know what to do when I get recognised now what I mean does that, does that happen often do you every day really um, certain places or I'll get like a DM from someone and they'll be like I saw you in Sainsbury's it's that thing isn't it where they tell you afterwards yeah and I'm almost like oh yeah this week I was in town as in London twice uh, no just once this week and I was spotted three times and um, where's the most embarrassing place that you've been spotted doctor surgery did you, did you ever hear this story no no tell I did a shoot for a shoot I did a photo thing with a load of other um, mums who are writing so hurrah for Jin was there Katie Sarah Turner and mumsy mum me and Giovanna Fletcher 
and one other person. Oh, Jenny Scott okay. um, from Mother's Meeting. Oh, was it, was it an OK magazine shoot? Uh, yeah, Hello. Hello. Oh, it was Hello. So it was like a Mother's Day thing. Yeah. Um, you know, good fun. And then um, it came out, yeah, their turnaround's quite quick, isn't it? So it came out the week of um, Mother's Day and I was in the doctor's waiting room about to go for my smear test, Joy, and um, this old lady was, like, chatting to me because I had the twins and they're obviously quite appealing to old ladies. And she was reading the magazine and she was like, is this you, love? <laughs> and I was like, yes, it is. And then my doctor called me in for my smear. But I reckon that was less embarrassing than being recognised whilst my GP was in my smear. Absolutely. Imagine, like, yeah. oh, hang on, let me put this speculum in. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know who you are. They think, what what a brilliant thing for that that old lady. Like, you probably made her day. I mean, how often oh. are you sat in the doctor's surgery, reading a magazine, look up, and there's the person in the magazine? I felt like I'd made it. <laughs> so that's quite embarrassing. Oh. Um, it's quite hard sometimes when you're with the kids, because then the kids are like, does she follow you on Instagram? How does she know you? Are you famous, mummy? Yeah. And then Anya, who's older, just rolls her eyes and is like, oh, come on, let's go. Do you ever get, like, pregnant women running up and asking you questions? Like, um, like, oh, so how do I massage my perineum? <laughs> no, I think they're quite... I think, like, if I do a book signing or an event, then when they, when they come and, like, meet me to sign the book, then they might go, can I just ask you a quick question? But not, like, randoms in the street. That must be so nice, though, because you really are probably, you know, I imagine viewed as this warm, lovely source Aww. of... mid. I mean, I, you know, we kind of know each other kind of from a few years back. I, I don't know if you body. remember, I used to... Um, interview you so I used to write the odd kind of feature for like mother and baby magazine and you, you were did. you were my go-to midwife and the reason that I always uh kind of rang you up and said Clemmy can I interview you again for this feature was because I really felt like you know all the health professionals and you know midwives that I've interviewed you were just you, you were so I, I could just I could listen to you talking about Aww. this stuff for, for hours I used to interview you waiting to go in and do like a visit on a postnatal mum and I remember doing a lot of interviews like that Oh, that's really nice. I think I think a lot of health professionals have hidden behind the kind of barrier between, like, patient... You know, there's so many rules that we have to stick to. And also, I think, you know, people like Dr. Range... I mean, look what he's doing. He's a practising paediatrician. He works yeah. at some... He works near here. Oh, does he? Yeah, he... Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not quite sure, but there's definitely one of the hospitals around here... Around here. ...that um, I, I know mums who have taken their kids to hospital... I met him. ...and Dr. Rand yeah. is there, and they're a bit like... Oh. Yeah, so I guess... Um, I've, I'm getting recognised at work now. That's weird. Like, I can kind of... I got recognised twice, yeah, in town this week, in um, Cos and, and other stories. That's kind of fine. Um, it does... I do get caught off guard, but someone will come up to me, and I still expect people to go, oh, do you know where that shop is and then they're like can I just have you on Instagram and you know yeah I love what you do um it's at work is getting a bit more tricky yeah that must be really weird really weird I had a delivery on Tuesday and um the baby needed help when it was born with breathing so like the whole team from the neonatal unit come in um and loads of them come in like six come in and everything and we're working the baby the baby is absolutely fine and then that evening I got home and I got a message from one of the nurses that had come in and she was like, I was really starstruck when I came into that delivery room and I thought it was you. And that is like, God, I'm in proper work, mate. Yeah, 
Yeah, like you're not even thinking about yeah. Instagram. So I thought it was good that she didn't say anything at the time, obviously, yeah. and she just messed around. Yeah, it's weird. The work one's getting weirder. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, tell me about your yeah. births, because obviously you've written this amazing book about you know, to help and prepare other women for yeah. their pregnancy and their birth, but what were your four, three births? Yeah, I know. How many births? Four kids, three births. Well, I guess I pushed four times. Yeah, you did, I guess, yeah. Do you, do you class it as being four? Well, with a twin delivery, the, you labour and then you give birth. So that counts as labour part one. And then the labour part two starts again when you start contracting again. And then the second twin's born. Yeah, I guess. I think you should have I've been four. pregnant three times. That is enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so first time I was newly qualified midwife. Um, I'd been qualified a year when I had Anya. So I'm now really young when we had her. I was 20 just coming up to 23 I can I can't remember how old I am now do you know how old you are 38 how, how old are you I'm 32 but I think I'm 33 but I'm not you do start to lose like in your 30s you definitely start to lose track yeah when I was thinking when I was 36 I genuinely was one day I couldn't remember if I was 36 or 37 and it really freaked me out and really? I had to count back from 1978 <laughs> to today to work yeah, it yeah. out yeah it is co- because it's like 30, you know, the big ones, and then you yeah. forget. Anyway, I was I think I was almost 23 when I had Anya, and Simon was 25. And what was that like? Because obviously, I'm, I'm guessing that loads of your friends weren't None at that stage. None of them were. No one. Everyone was like... Everyone had finished uni, and either were taking, like, another gap year and deciding what to do, or just started a job straight away. So no one was having kids. So, yeah, we had this slightly unusual situation... So Anya was born in Bristol, where we were living at the time. That's where we were at uni, so we really? stayed on. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then we moved when she was eight weeks old to London. So that birth, in my head, I think I thought, I'm young, so I'll probably be all right. I had two midwives who I knew really well, who were my like mentors when I was a student. And one of them was at Glastonbury and came back from Glastonbury Amazing. to deliver her. I oh, know. Good old Claire Norrie. I still see her. We still keep in touch and hang see each other every year. Um, So I didn't really... I just kind of thought, oh, it'll be fine. And I never thought anything else. And I don't think I really was prepared for it at all. And I don't think Simon was prepared. He was so young. And I think he was just, like, quite blown away by it all. I mean, we'd only been together a year when I got pregnant. And then, like, you have to watch your girlfriend give birth. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happens. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You've got to be prepared for that, I mean, you? there's, yeah. You see everything, don't you? <laughs> and more. And more. <laughs> um, so it was... It, it, textbook, as in, on paper, it was completely straightforward. Oh, your cat just saw me and hissed at me. Do you know what? It's not my cat, it's the neighbour's cat. Oh, <laughs> Lola. Lola. Hey, Lola. She looks like a witch's cat. She comes in and just, like, hangs with us. It's quite nice. Hi, Lola. Hey, Lola, come and be on the podcast. Oh, oh she's quite friendly. <laughs> so it was fine, but it was it was slow at the beginning, and then my waters were broken, and then it was, like, really fast, and I, like, went from five centimetres to ten in, like, two hours. And I remember that was just, like... It's like being on some kind of, like, trip. Mm. Like, I was totally out... It was just out-of-body experience. Yes, yeah. Because yeah. it was just so fast. And then she came out and I was just, like, completely shell-shocked. Yeah. I was like, okay, now I just need to sleep for three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Obviously you can't. And here's your baby. And I just don't... I, it was almost like in my head I just had to get through the birth. Mm. And um, I called my mum. I don't even remember calling her. 
when Annie was still like on me, skin to skin, cords still attached. And all I said to her was like, I've done it, I've I've done and mum was like, What? And I was like, Oh, I've had the baby, I've done it. And then she was like, Oh, you know, wants to hear about the baby. Yeah, like, Oh my yeah. god, what is it? And, and I was just like, Oh. It's so funny though, isn't it? Because I feel I really feel like so much emphasis, like you go see your NCT classes and so much emphasis is put on the birth. The birth. And actually, that's kind of just the beginning. It's just a tiny bit, isn't it? Yeah. And then that was probably, you know, massive learning curve. First time mum. Breastfeeding actually went really well with her. Um, I just, ex- I think I just accepted it for what it was. And we'd had made this decision to have this baby. And I just got on with it. And weirdly, I probably coped better then than I probably did later on. Because mm. it was just like, well, this is it. Yeah. And we had no money and we were living in a really shitty flat that cost like 800 quid a month. I had no salary because I hadn't worked long enough. We'd moved to London. All my friends were having the time of their lives. Simon was like on a like post-grad salary. We literally had not a penny. Like looking back, I'm like, how? How did you do it? Yeah. Yeah. So then second time round, did you find it easier or harder? Second time round was planned. So then we got married and um, we moved out of that grotty flat which I really hated into a house that was really nice and then I felt a bit more like a grown up um, and planned a home birth so this is Marnie um, planned a home birth and then felt definitely more prepared didn't do any classes or anything and just thought I'll be fine I think because I'd had a normal birth first time I was like it'll be fine and then um, I got something called obstetric coleostasis which is when you get the severe itching and it's to do with oh, bile acids in your okay. liver at like I literally finished work and a week later I was like oh my god I'm so itchy and I just knew I was like I'm gonna have to go and get my bloods tested so yeah bloods came back I had a sexual anesthesia which everyone was quite baffled with because I didn't have it with Anya and normally you have it with each one right whether I had it and didn't have any signs I don't know with her and so I was induced so I didn't get to have my home birth oh no that must be really disappointing really crap and the decision was made yeah you need to be induced tomorrow and I just sort of went with it I was like okay fine you've just got to do it and I had a really fast and really horrible induction where I had like a propest and then went into labour straight away and she was born like three hours later so already it feels like both experiences were very different yeah but both and I felt quite shocked I was in like an induction bay where I work like labouring really hard and like couldn't even speak like couldn't I was trying to say this is happening really quickly. You need to tell the midwife to my husband, Simon, we need to go into another room. Like, I don't want to be in the induction bed. And I've looked after women in this situation, but it was just, like, contractions were, like, every minute. What's it like being a midwife in that situation? Because you are you kind of know what's going on. You know on what's going on. And what should be happening. Yeah. It's not easy. It's not great. I mean, it's quite hard to leave your midwife hat, really, off. Because mm. you're constantly, like, in this... And then I had a team of midwives who were going to deliver me at home and then she came in and managed to get me in the pool and then I remember feeling like I needed to push and then went into transition really quickly and she was born really quickly. But afterwards I felt amazing, whereas after Anya I think I was just completely shocked. And I think I lost probably a little bit more than they estimated my blood loss last time because I remember like the next day I was white as a sheet on the mm. postnatal ward and all these midwives were like, are you okay? Whereas this time I felt amazing, hardly lost any blood and went home like two hours later. Wow. So did you have, because I've heard people talking about that real boost of, you yeah. know, what is it? Is it like um, oxytocin? oxytocin? Yeah. I felt amazing. Did I dip? Not really. 
I didn't get teary with either of the first girls. Okay. And I remember like my midwife coming around and being like, it's day five, are you okay? And I was like, I feel fine. So I really was fine afterwards. But you know, then I had a three and a half year old, Simon goes back to work and you're back doing nursery run. So I definitely felt really tired. So then we were like, yeah, our family's done. But we both always wanted a third because we're both one of three. Okay. And um, I've kind of copied what my mum did. So she had exactly the same age gap between my brother, my sister and me. Oh, really? So when Marnie was coming up to five, um, I sort of talked about it again. You have to convince the boys, really, don't you? They're the hard ones to convince, even though we're the ones that are going to be doing it. What, what, what is with that? And we're the ones who have to go through the pregnancy and the birth. They get and... to do the best bit. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was like, I really do want a third. And Simon was like, yeah, okay, let's do it. So I was like, oh, okay. So we hadn't even, like, it was like, okay, well, let's just see what happens. We were going to Brazil for a wedding um I had a coil which I had taken out but we were both quite busy with work um and I was just signing my book deal coming up to signing so it was like it was just like let's just have sex and have fun oh hang on on that note yes delivery What'd um, you get? I have no idea what it is. I always think it's so funny when you sign for a parcel, it's never your signature. It's always just like a crazy Mine, scribble. Some, we get stuff that's just saying modern fod now. <laughs> so ah, cringy. Oh, living, yeah. living the brand. So got pregnant, re- like within, and it's really annoying saying that, but not even trying. Try, we weren't, I wasn't doing any of that. Like, I just was like, well, let's shag. See what happens. See what happens. Yeah. And, you know, for Simon, he was like, yay, we get to shag more. And then I got pregnant really quickly. He's like, every time. <laughs> he wanted more yeah, time yeah, to, yeah. to get pregnant. Um, and then very early pregnancy, um, we were going to a wedding in France. I, I knew I was pregnant even before I tested. My period was late. You just know. I was mm. like, yeah, I'm definitely pregnant. Um, so I did a test just before we went to this wedding. And I was, and it was like, yes. I was like, oh, that's great. But I was like, oh, this wedding, damn it. And it was like a raw fish and champagne Boozy. and all the cheeses. Yeah, and you just want to go and have fun and I enjoy know. it. And I kind of think, oh, should I have just not tested? But you just know. Yeah. You can't do it. Anyway, I had this great time and um, came back and met with the week of book signing and then um, bled. Oh. And I was like, meh, five, six weeks. I was quite relaxed about it. I think one in three pregnancies end in miscarriage. I always felt that I was lucky that I'd had two really straightforward pregnancies, but decided to have a scan when I was at work, and then they were like, so there's one sack, and there's definitely a pregnancy there, and there's another sack, but it's really small, and we can't really see anything in it. Uh, so I think it was a twin pregnancy, and that's why you've bled. And yeah. I was like, oh, thank, thank goodness, really, because yeah. we don't want twins. They were like, come back in two weeks. So I came back and they were like, yeah, it's twins. Oh, my goodness. And have you got any kind of history of twins in your family? Well, my dad's mum and aunt were twins, but no one knows enough about them, so we don't know if they're identical or not. Mm. So I guess there is that. But, yeah, you just don't expect it. And what was the what was the twin birth like? I mean, were you kind of mentally prepared for that? So the whole pregnancy was totally different because it was everything... Like, it was almost just getting to each week. I didn't buy anything. I couldn't enjoy anything. You know, brands were contacting me, wanting to send stuff, and I was just like, I don't want anything. Why was that? I was just too nervous. I, like, I had so many bleeds up until 20 weeks. 
I think once I got to like 28 weeks, I wrote a blog post about this. I um, Sometimes when I was at work and if I had to go over to special care, I'd look at the babies that were like 28 weeks gestation and I'd be like, okay, no, they're, you yeah, know. They're okay. And then i get to like 30 weeks. I just never thought they would ever be born. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't even think of names. I just thought if I, if I name them or if I think about them as ever being my babies or part of this family yeah. something will happen you're quite superstitious in that way well never have been before but for this I was very yeah I just didn't really I could, almost couldn't enjoy any of it so I had a doula so I hired my friend Becky Hands who's a doula who's in your book isn't yeah. she yeah and she changed everything for me she she basically looked after me and she was incredible. And then obviously as the time went on, we had to start thinking about birth. Yeah. I was like, I've got to get these babies out. And I got obstetric coleostasis again. Oh. And it was twice as bad. It was absolutely horrendous. So I was induced at 36 weeks. But even up until that point, I never thought, like, I would even bring these babies home. Mm. I remember packing my bag and I was like, you know, you pack everything for you and getting it. And I was like, oh, yeah, the babies. And, like, literally just put in, like, two nappies, two tiny baby grows, and two little bobble hats. Because I was just like, I, I couldn't even go there. Yeah, you couldn't visualise no. having two babies. No, and Anya and Molly really wanted to, like, pick something and put it in the bag. Anyway, I was induced. I went in the Friday morning. I was really calm, almost, like, a bit serene, really. I was just like, okay. Again, it was almost just a process. I had a pessary. No, I didn't. I had my waters broken, and then I had the drip. And then they were born within, like, three hours. And it was the best birth. Was it? Yeah, it was amazing. How weird. I just assumed um, that most twin or multiple births Mm. were C-sections. Yeah. I I had the choice, but I didn't want a section. I didn't want to recover unless I had to. Mm. I didn't want to recover from elective or C-section with twins. I just thought... I think it would have been harder for me having had two vaginal births. You know, I've looked after women that have said, you know, it's physically so much harder because mm. you can't, you know, you're really stuck. And yeah. Just sort of two babies to breastfeed. That's how I used to breastfeed them. Like that. Did, did you have like a double pump? Did you have a whole kind of like double co-action thing No, I didn't on? use one. Yeah. I did have a pump, but it wasn't a double. Okay. Um, I always seemed to have enough milk, so I just breastfeed one, breastfeed the other, and then pump. Yeah, I just sort of... I don't know, I was the most... Relaxed. I must have had the most amount of oxytocin. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and you're making it sound like you were very relaxed. And my I'm... birth was incredible. Mm. I was. I did hypnobirthing and did it properly, not just like. Because when I, because I did hypnobirthing and I, do, I don't think I did it properly. I went along to some sessions. Mm-hmm. I had some MP3 files, and it just. I feel like I probably didn't really immerse myself yeah, properly. I we just properly did it. Simon really got into it. Really? Yeah, we did it every night. We would do the scripts, and then I'd listen to it as I fall asleep. And um, he, my doula taught him how to massage me. Um, so I was so relaxed in that labour. And did it, do you think it really worked? A hundred percent. And it really helped Simon, which was great. That's really good. Because I really, I really love the theory of hypnobirthing. Yeah. It makes so much sense that if you... Um, you know way more about this than me but obviously um, if oxytocin is being yeah. released it relaxes yeah. everything and obviously your baby will come out yeah. more easily yeah. it just makes so much more sense to me you know I mean they came out like within 15 minutes of each other that's crazy I had a bit of gas in air I think but I was mainly just I had lavender and clary sage oil on a, a flannel and my dealer kept giving it to me under my nose and I was like sniffing that and then had my headphones in mm. 
Yeah. And they were born, they were fine. They were tiny, but they were fine. They didn't go to special care. And then I did one week on in bed and one week on the sofa. And that's the best thing I've ever done. Yeah, I think that's probably oh, such a brilliant idea to I mean, have no one come round. No one. It was freezing. It was January. It's absolutely freezing. It snowed. And we were just in this amazing cocoon. It was so good. I loved it. And I felt the most rested. Did you have to kind of like almost make yourself do that? Though? Did you yeah, have we to? We had like a plan before. Mm. So we we kind of managed people's expectations. So the first thing was we talked to Anya Armani and we said, you'll be going back to school as normal. Daddy will take you every day. Um, and Daddy will pick you up. And they still go to their after school clubs. So it's a slightly longer day. So nothing would change. So for us, we just wanted them to still be in their same routine. Mm. Um, so that didn't affect them so much. We didn't see anyone. So we just said to um, family, like, we'll let you know. And, you know, nowadays you can just WhatsApp and video um, call people. You know, there's loads of ways of ha- letting people see. And people just really respect to that. And then a really good friend of mine who used to live at the Ross My Road left me, like, food parcels. Oh. And people sent me just... Cook- people just sent food. It was brilliant. That's what you I only need. got one bunch of flowers. <laughs> well, you know, our friend Steph is... I know. Uh, I was a her. Like, no, no, it's fine. No, I, I, I honestly think that Steph's business idea, don't buy her flowers, is genius. Because when you've had a baby, a box, I know. the last thing you need is flowers. To look after something else. Yeah. Yeah. So we just got given food. Someone sent me the most amazing chocolate brownies from a company. Um, they're like all wrapped in brown paper. You know, you know when you're like, that is a chocolate brownie. They were so good. A couple of weeks later, I reordered them because they were so good. Amazing. I must remember the name of them because they're mm. a good one. Um, yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, we just... We just watched box sets. We ate all the amazing food that my mum had frozen and shoved in the freezer. And the only people that came were the midwives and my dealer. It was the best. Sounds amazing. I loved it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Um, so your book is described as the no-nonsense guide to pregnancy and birth. Do you feel like there's quite a lot of nonsense around out there? Um, I think it's changing. I think there's a shift in all of this, isn't there? Pregnancy, motherhood. Um, I think blogs and Instagram are amazing. I mean, I wish I'd, this had been around when Anya's now 10 and mm. there was nothing. Yeah. And I just thought, oh, it's just me. But I don't want to say anything because people might think I'm a bad mum. And I was like, I'm only 23, so I don't want to say anything. Yeah. So the no-nonsense thing. I mean, I think people are shifting away from books like the Gina Ford-type books, aren't they? And I know she works for a lot of women, and that's brilliant. And I always say to people, if it works, it works for you. 
But I did find from writing my blog that people wanted more. They wanted a different approach, a different type of voice. Yeah. Um, a slightly modern view on things. We can't expect women to just fit in one box. Mm. We can't be like, right, well, this is what's going to happen. Because everyone wants different things. You know, women want an elective C-section for whatever reason. That's fine. Some women, women want a bottle feed, and that's fine. And I think as midwives, we've got to start adapting to the change in women these days. Women are having babies later, putting their careers first. Mm. You know, women are different now to our mothers. Yeah. It's completely different. Yeah. So I don't... It's hard to say nonsense because I think when it comes to clinical advice, it should never be nonsense. But I think in terms of, like, I don't know if you find this now, if you go to your GP with something, they don't sort of tell you what you need or what to do anymore. They go, right, well, this is what you could try or you could try this. Yeah. And these are the side effects on both of these. What would you yeah, like to it's do? Yeah, it's your decision. Yeah, it's totally patient-led now. And I yeah. think people are like, oh, I wanted you to tell me what yeah. to do. You're the expert. Yeah. <laughs> um... And then what about the, all the negative messages? After I gave birth, I felt like I need to tell everyone I've ever met how traumatic I found birth yeah. because that's going to help everyone and that's the best thing I can do. I, you know, that, that's how I can serve the world. Oh. And not realising that's the worst thing you can do, like to put my negative experiences mm. onto, you know, to put them out there and to put it onto other people. But you obviously needed to put it somewhere. <laughs> you needed to talk to someone about that's it. That's why I started a blog. <laughs> so I think negative birth experience shouldn't be shushed i don't think people should be like shh don't but you need to know what to do with that information Mm. you need to go and have a debrief with someone about a negative birth because otherwise where's that negativity going to go yeah you're either going to put it on other pregnant women which obviously isn't helpful or it's going to eat you up inside yeah and then years later you're going to go ah yeah well that's exactly what happened to me so when my child was 18 months old i was reading a blog post by a friend of ours alice um talking about her experience with pnd and i was like oh my god I think I had PND and that's probably how it all came about did you go to the GP no do you think you'd cured it no I was still I was still having like um, almost like aftershocks of it so I'd be Mm. walking along at that point I'd be walking along going to work I worked at Look Magazine at the time and I'd be walking along and I'd see a mum pushing a buggy and I would feel utter sympathy for her thinking oh my god you've got to spend your day with your child like I'm off to to work work. and I was like okay that's not normal Mm. that's not a normal reaction to have when you see a mum pushing a buggy so I was aware that I was still um, feeling the after effects of it Mm. but I didn't feel like going to the doctor at that point would have done anything maybe it would have done maybe i think a lot of it is from your birth mm. i think you had well i'm not even yeah but i do i think post-traumatic stress from a delivery mm. then the effect that has on how you view yourself as a mother and how you view your baby you know it just goes on and on it's really hard though isn't it because when you're especially if when you're going through it first time round, you don't know what's normal no. and you're kind of relying on health professionals or even just like your family and friends mm. to take you to one side and go this isn't normal mm. um and if no one does that and if you don't realize it then you're just on your merry way yeah. thinking that you know it's when you did a, you showed a picture i think it's on your instagram stories of like an ella's kitchen pouch and you're like oh my god if anything can bring you back to yeah i was in tesco and i saw this ella's kitchen pouch and i just got this kind of like almost like a punch in my gut it mm. just took me back to when my my daughter was about eight months old and i was probably at my lowest point and um yeah it's crazy how just seeing little things like that can just Go, you know trigger oh my god never take me back there again yeah which is you know bonkers and i and i kind of feel like 
I, I feel really envious of women. Like you were just describing your experience having the twins and how amazing you felt and how you were in this little cocoon, this little bubble. I'm have sitting four here. kids to get there. Yeah, well, that's it. I need, I need to have three more, clearly. But um, yeah, I just, I, I feel real envy. Like I just yeah. feel like, but in a nice way, not in a horrible, jealous way. Yeah. Just a kind of like, I really want to experience, experience that. Yeah, of course. Because you're a woman and, you know, we're told we're here to have babies, ultimately. Mm. Yeah. Um, so what was in your hospital bag? Because you get so many kind of, you know, articles and, yeah. you know, things telling you what, yeah. what, what were like the three things? Yeah, I did that in the book. I was like, got to get this right. Yeah. What were the three things that you were like? For me or for baby? For you. Um, yeah, because I think the baby stuff is yeah, like, whatever. whatever. Baby maybe. So my first rule or my first thing to always remind yourself when you're doing a hospital bag is hospitals are the temperature of the sun, mm. even in the winter because they have to be really warm and the beds are plastic mattresses and everything's plasticky so you sweat white clean so you want the coolest most breathable material so it has to be cotton mm. so for me i had a um like just you could wear your husband's shirt or you could just buy um like in M&S they sell like not like we we really winky type shirts we really winky yeah, yeah. you need like a cotton I'm like cotton, cotton. Mm. They don't have stretch in it. Yeah, has to be cotton shirt, nightshirt, short sleeves, ideally whatever. But so it's long. That's my number one tip because then you've got buttons for breastfeeding. Yeah, and also it's just so much cooler than a tight black clip down polyester vest. Yeah, Whoop. cool in the temperature sense, not cool in the hips. I actually love my nightshirt. I still have it. <laughs> Do you? It was my Christmas present. It was from Toast, which is quite a um, expensive brand. But for Christmas, I was like, you know, what do you want? Because obviously there's nothing... When you're, like, ten months pregnant with twins... Because you look about ten months pregnant when you're about seven months pregnant. And I said, all I want is a really lovely cotton, like, Indian cotton nightshirt. And I sent him a link to it, and it was £200. (gasps) But I still wear it. Amazing. And I love it. So on a cost-per-wear basis... So that's, yeah... I would say I wear it. I wear it all through the winter and all through summer. But obviously, you could go to M and S and just buy a men's cotton long nightshirt. Yeah. So that one. Um, my second one is, you know, like when you have a baby and everyone tells you to buy maternity pads mm. and big black knickers. Yeah. No, 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 no. Oh really? New thing. Tenor lady pants. They are hands down the best thing. So basically, after you have a vaginal birth. You bleed heavily. And I think people don't realise how heavily you bleed. It's not yeah. like a heavy period. No. Because you stand up and you're like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really heavy. Yeah, it's horrible. And you pass it? like clots yeah. the size of liver. Yeah, and if no one prepares you for that, you think something's wrong. I know. So I what I find the problem with those pads is they move. Mm. And you don't want ones with wings because it's all plasticky and sticky. And you sit down and then you've, like, got a little blood patch on your nice white shirt. No, not white, not white. So, Tenor Lady make pants, which are incontinence pants, okay? So, all glamour aside. So, it's it's like a nappy. So, it's a built-in pair of pants with a pad. So, once you've filled it yeah you just chuck the whole thing away and the, the pants section is it quite breathable or is oh it my plasticky God, it's ama- no it's amazing oh. they were and really stretchy so you could use them after a c-section as well oh, brilliant so after i had the twins i probably wore those for 24 hours while the bleeding was every time you feed massive gush every time mm. you stand up they were amazing oh brilliant and you'd have to do all that washing of your big black pants yeah yeah yeah. and then you go into pants when you're bleeding lessons and you go into a slightly less mm. surfboard type pad then it's the big black pants yeah good old pants 
Um, so that, and then my third tip is um, I drank loads of coconut water in labour. Mm. It was really good. Really good. And what is it? Is there like potassium in it or what is it? Well, it's got loads of um, electrolytes. I didn't drink any, like I can't stand Lucozade and it's fizzy Mm. and I just don't want to be burping. Coconut water, I drank drank about two of those massive cartons. Brilliant. Yeah. I love that. Can I have one more? Mm, I'll go on then. A wide headband, fringe. Yes. But for anything, off off the face I, I feel like I need to embrace this whole white headband thing because I've seen you wearing them when you're on holiday yeah I didn't have a trendy really one like that on I just had like a, <laughs> <laughs> like a black stretchy one uh, but I did put my makeup bag in my hospital bag the next day you know yeah photos I think I think it's it's fine to do that yeah. it's you know it's not a problem to want I to look nice I my eye straighteners in and my hair dry you did not yeah, I did amazing my hair's a bit frizzy and I wanted to blow dry my hair. Well, these are it's photographs, strange. I guess, that you are going to be putting on Facebook. Yeah. Everyone gets to see them. Yeah. You want to look semi-decent, don't you? Yeah, I don't mind all that. I love that you took your straighteners. Just to do, you don't understand the fringe the situation, fringe. Alison. Nice. We, we need to have a conversation about fringes because we go to the same hairdressers, don't tomorrow. we? Tomorrow, I'm so excited. But I, I kind of feel like I need to get some fringe tips from you because yesterday my fringe basically looked like Garth from Wayne's World. Oh my god, it was so funny your Instagram story. <laughs> Alison has the best Instagram stories. I, I, I don't look at all of Instagram stories because it can take up about five hours of your day. Yeah, but I click on my face. You. Susie Steph Douglas oh yeah she's good she's fringe and she often you can tell when she's going to have a jacket potato for dinner because her fringe goes back why what's that what's the link well I think she just goes like work mode you know doing events looking mega she gets home she's in her comforts her fringe is back and she's having a jacket potato I love that often dugs out love you Steph get her on the show she's so good yeah 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 I love her she's one of my favourites so quick fire questions for you Um, best post birth refreshments um oh you've given birth what do you eat and drink what like straight after yeah oh a cup of tea cup of tea yeah cup of tea um, and a really lovely friend of mine packed did me the food bag for after the babies were born and she went to M&S and she put the best things in there. Like what? What was in there? Oh my God, like the best cookies, like double chocolate Belgium hazelnut cookies, like the posh ones. Yeah. Um, Like some really nice flapjacks, um, fruit, oranges are always really nice, or like berries, like strawberries, blueberries. Yeah. Um, Then, after the twins were born, we went down to the postnatal ward and I had it in my own room work perk that was nice and it was about six six or seven o'clock it was a friday and um, i'd already wolfed down the hospital lasagna because she's just so hungry after that and i had no space when i was pregnant with the twins and suddenly i was like oh. <laughs> i actually lost weight when i was pregnant with the Did twins you? yeah because i couldn't eat i was so compacted with baby so you were like right i'm gonna make up for lost time yeah and we got down to the ward and simon you know was probably like oh i'm really hungry and tired <laughs> Anyway, and I was like, Simon said yeah, that. Oh my goodness! Like, and he was you're hungry and tired. On a little pull-out bed, bless him, on a plastic bed. Anyway, and we delivered, <gasps> and we had the best pizza from this pizza place in um, Camberwell. It wouldn't occur to me to deliver you to a hospital. Yeah, and Simon came back with like pizza boxes like this. He was giving some to midwives, bless him, and we had a beer. There's a photo of me breastfeeding. 
eating a pizza with a little bear. But the Daily Mail were straight onto that. Oh my, just awful. <laughs> Didn't share that one. <laughs> it was so lovely. We were just laugh. We couldn't stop laughing. We just thought it was so funny. Oh, that's so Just nice. watching Graham Norton telly. I love so it. So just anything that... Obviously, you can feel a bit sick sometimes after labour and your stomach's got to get used to that space again. Yeah. So don't go mental and have a massive three-course dinner. No. Um, these are meant to be quick-fire questions, Clemmy. That was way too long an answer. sorry. Come on, come on. Go. Pick up the pace. I'm so chatty. Um, do you do your pelvic floor exercises? I did and then I didn't and now we're having issues. I have those issues. Do you? In fact, I did a, I did a thing with Simon recently. We both went and did, played some tennis with Tim Henman. Oh, yes. And um, the Wimbledon coach was getting us to run round and do star jumps and all sorts. Did you do them? And I started doing them and I was like, hmm, I'm going to stop doing this right now because I can uh, I can feel a little trickle. <laughs> it's not and good. Then, and then Simon was there just like... He was... He was were the, there other mums there? Yeah, there were a few other mums. Yeah, it was... Uh, they were all getting involved and I was feeling a bit jealous of their pelvic mm. floor strength. Um, I'm going to start talking about it soon Pelvic Floors it's my next thing I think okay. we need to talk about is it, is it your next book it's uh, The Pelvic <laughs> Floor by Clemmy Hooper Pissy Pants by Clemmy Hooper hashtag uh, I'm going to talk about it quite soon can't decide when I'm going to do it but it's going to happen because I think after the body positivity thing I did that went like people were just like yes that went crazy didn't I'm it I'm going to talk about the Pelvic Floor yeah yeah. let's just talk about that for a minute because I really feel like that was such a brilliant thing so I, I got involved and I spoke about it as well but I really feel like you sharing that picture of you wearing a bikini Daily Mail love that didn't they yeah <laughs> I think that that is kind of like a benchmark of have you had a good day? Yeah. Have you pissed off the Daily Mail? Yes. Tick. Yeah, Great yeah. day. And my granny was like, I really liked it, but I'm not sure she had to put her finger up. I was like, okay, granny, you probably had a good point. She's 96. Yeah, bless her. Um, but I just feel like you just showing, you know, this is because, you know, you look great when you're out and about wearing Aww. your dresses, wearing your outfits. And, you know, so many people kind of compare what you look like to themselves yeah. so just seeing you wearing your bikini yeah. you know looking really normal I loved your blog post about it because you, you went on holiday with your mum didn't you yes and yeah. you just like you just didn't care anymore yeah it was amazing and no one cares no one cares does Grace care no not, absolutely no. not you know no one does apart from you in your head and yeah I, it really the whole kind of body positivity movement recently has changed the way I feel about myself and I'm just one person so if it has done that for mm, me then it will have done it for I get else. DMs now every day from people going especially because it's warmer I haven't worn shorts since I was 15 and I thought fuck it it's boiling hot I'm gonna wear shorts and send me a picture of them shorts I'm like you look great why are you hiding your legs oh I've got thread veins I'm like no one cares if we point out all that stuff it's just yeah yeah, absolutely. Great. Again, not not a quick fire right. answer. <laughs> I think you need like yes or no answers. I know, I know. These, these are rubbish quick fire questions, Terrible clearly. Um, yeah. Um, Instagram announced they're closing tomorrow. What do you do with all of that extra time? Oh my God. I would sit in a dark room. <laughs> Rocking. Yeah. Oh God, do you know what? I would probably go for a swim and then have a massage um, and clean my house. <laughs> No, nothing would change, would I? I'd still have four kids. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd probably answer the millions of emails over the years that I've never answered. Get inbox zero. Oh, imagine. Yeah, that's yeah. the dream. Never happens. <laughs> never gets to the bottom. It's like the ironing uh, washing pile. Oh, yeah. Never. If you mind, mine's in the kitchen. I was, when I was making a cup of tea, I'm surprised you weren't eyeing up my uh, enviable oh, ironing pile. Well, mine's on the line, so oh. as it's raining, it's probably doing quite well out there. Great. Um, what's been your most embarrassing parenting moment of oh, all time? How many have we got? 
just just the one the most embarrassing um probably when my daughter said fuck it at soft play that was quite good how old was she uh like three i mean it was great wasn't it we're at soft play and she'd lost her socks so you know you take your socks and your shoes and put it in the little thing yeah little cubby holes and she'd gone in in her socks and she came out with no socks and I was just like oh my god can you find your socks come on we have to go we have to go she's like oh mommy I don't know where they are and I was like well they must be in the ball pit or somewhere you've taken them off and they're in there she's like oh no no and I was like okay well it doesn't matter we'll just go she's like yeah just fuck it (gasps) I don't know who heard but we left pretty quickly oh my goodness that's brilliant. Yeah. Did anyone react? I don't know if anyone heard, but I just thought it was great. She said it in context, at least. Yeah, well, you know, 10 out of 10 for context. Just walked away, I was like... Doo, 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 doo. Pretend that didn't happen. I think I'm more likely to embarrass them, to be honest, rather than embarrass me. I don't really get that embarrassed by my kids. Are they at that stage where they're like, Mum, you're so embarrassing. Yeah, if I'm dancing in the kitchen and you're like, this is so cringy. <laughs> cringy. Oh. oh, babe. Love it. You've got to embarrass your kids, though. That's, you know... I know. And also, I'm like, I'm young. I'm not, like, some old, like, sad mum. I'm like, yeah. a young, cool mum. <laughs> and that's why you're not cool, because you think you are. This is true. And you was like, why are you wearing trainers to do the dress, mum? I don't know if that goes. I'm like, oh, she's like a little... She's always got a, an opinion. A cool barometer. Mm. Brilliant. Um, so, Clemmy Hooper, yeah. what's really in your bag? Do you have your bag with you? I've got a new bag. A new bag? I bought myself a bag. Let's have a look. Oh, it's pretty. It's a mulberry. It's a mulberry. With a bl- it's a black, is it black? It's black. With black a lovely friend. chain. Yeah. So the reason I bought this bag is because I've always wanted like a designer handbag. Okay. And I don't own one. Oh. And I've always banged on about Simon to get me one, you know, when he does work trips. Never. But instead, he's like buying you two hundred pound nineties. I mean, exactly. Simon, I mean, come on. Simon. So I decided that I was going to buy myself a bag um, because you can't wait for people to buy stuff. It's sometimes mm. nicer to buy it for yourself. That's true. And it was a book. It's a book bag present. So I bought it, and I waited a year. I wanted it a year ago, and I waited. It's not the Clemmy. There was a Mulberry clutch called the Clemmy. This is more practical, though. To be fair, it's, it's called the Clifton. So what's in it? Okay, my purse. Black purse. It, yeah, this is actually new. I've downsized on a purse. I used to have like proper mum sized purse. Yeah. And I've gone to this. <gasps> it's got a gold innard. That's all you need though. Yeah. You actually don't need a purse anymore. You do don't. You? I basically have one of those uh, like uh, travel card wallets. Yeah, that yeah, I use yeah as that's a purse. all you need. And you can have everything on your phone. Exactly. Car key. Oh. It's a, this is a very bo- I told you it was bad. A cos voucher. Nice. Phone, ofs. And. My favourite Lord and Berry lipstick. And what colour is it? It is Vogue. And this was in my goodie bag for my book launch. Ah. And you couldn't come. I know, I couldn't make it. I was in hospital having an operation. You I was so gutted. Well. No. <laughs> um, but this is my favourite red in the entire world. And this mm. brand, Lord and Berry, is the best. I've never heard of Lord and Berry. It's good, isn't it? This is a sample size. I'm on my second. When was my launch? February. And where can you buy them? On. Uh, online on the Tinterweb on the Tinterweb <laughs> who goes into shops anymore no I don't think you can get it in Superdog and that's all I've got in my bag so oh. when I'm not with the kids I love a just minimal a small bag yeah I'm afraid it's not very like 
I'm disappointed you haven't got a lot of crap in there. I know. Well, no, how can you? I've got to look after it. That's true. I don't want, like, squash raisins in my marble. If I bought the baby bag... Yeah. There's, like, a tampon... Yeah, always raisins. I'm going to ask you again in a year what's in your mulberry. It'll be a different story. No, (laughs) mulberry. Listen, Clemmie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Did you ask me everything? Um, pretty much. Yeah, I say too much. Is there is there more that you want to say? I'm fine. Are you all good? Thank you so much. It's been great. or did that turn into a bit of a therapy session for me at one point? Isn't Clammy brilliant? I cannot be the only person having a little bit of a fangirl moment over her. But thank you for tuning in. For more from me, head over to my blog, notanothermummyblog.com and I'll catch you in the next episode with another brilliant guest. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.